Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. Privileged to be in the house of the Lord. It's a privilege. It would also focus their minds. And convict their souls that the wickedness around them offers no hope. It offers nothing for us as Christians. And so they would keep away from that. In fact, according to this psalm, the heart that longs for the Lord is a heart that will be blessed. Be blessed. So the point this morning is this. When we consider this psalm this morning, those who longed for the presence of the Lord, they were blessed. And so if we have a heart that longs for the presence of the Lord, we will also be blessed. So let's see three things this morning, or three blessings, if you will. If you have your outline, you can follow along. Number one, the soul who longs to dwell in the house of the Lord is blessed. Look at verses 1 through 3. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Notice, my soul longs. Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. In verse 3, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Now the dwelling place for the Lord in this case was the tabernacle. It was the tent, the tent of Moses. Now this was different than the actual temple. This wasn't the temple that that had been built during Solomon's time. This was actually the tabernacle or the tent, the tent of Moses. Remember, God gave Moses the the requirements for the tent. He built the tent. He built the tabernacle. And everywhere the Israelites would go, the tabernacle would go with them. But we know what the tabernacle, the tent, and the temple all represent. It represents what? The presence of God. It's symbolic of the presence of God. And so they would pilgrimage to the Jerusalem where the temple would be, where the place of worship would be. They would do this three times a year to worship the presence of the Lord. Notice the description that the the psalmist gives of this temple, the aesthetics of the dwelling place. He says it was lovely. Lovely. There's a place of beauty. This tent, this tabernacle. Now we need to understand something. It wasn't beautiful because of the way it looked. Don't think it was beautiful because of the way it looked. It wasn't because of what, but who was in the temple. And it was the Lord. The presence of God is what made the temple and the tabernacle beautiful. This was God's dwelling place. Notice the object of that longing. Notice what the soul, he says his soul does here. The psalmist, he says, my soul longs. Yes, my soul faints. That soul there, it's our inner being. It's everything about us. It's all of us, our, our, our emotions and all of that that encompasses everything. It's our soul. It's our, it's our very deepest inward. He says it longs. 
Notice what he says about the, the, the presence of God. Listen, now remember, all of this is, is, is going to be founded upon the presence of God. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But his soul longed. It said that's that, that yearned deep to the very depths of our thoughts and emotions. But not only did it long, he said it faints. That means to be consumed with longing. So the psalmist, he, 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 he says, how lovely is your dwelling place, the temple, the tabernacle, the, the very presence of God. He said his soul longed for that. His soul fainted for that. The object there was the courts of the Lord. Again, this would be the presence of God. This would be where the worshipers would go to actually to, to meet with the living Lord. I don't think... Church, one of the reasons why I don't think, Ben, we sing like we do and we worship like we should is because we don't understand, we don't have a full grasp of what it means for a soul that longs for the courts of the Lord, for a soul that faints for the courts of of the Lord for a soul that faints for the presence of God, a soul that longs for the presence of God. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it if we lived in a world where everybody had a heart that longed for God and a heart that fainted for God, especially us as Christians? It should be nothing other than that. To long to be in the presence of God. Let our hearts faint to be in the presence of God. Notice the response for God's heart, that inner man, when that heart longs for God, when that heart faints for God, the flesh sings for joy to the living God. When our hearts are longing for God, when our souls long and faint for God, there is no other response than joy, that outward joy. When you think about God, when you think about your heart and it longing for the Lord, there, there is a there's an automatic response. How many of you have just been going down the road and all of a sudden you think about God and you think about those things and all of a sudden you got words coming out of your mouth that you didn't even know were coming? That's what he's talking about. That flesh that finds joy in that. The flesh that finds joy from a heart that longs. It starts on the listen, it starts on the inside. It starts inside and it goes outward. It doesn't work the other way around. That's the same thing with salvation. Salvation occurs. It's an inside out thing. But he says, my heart longs, my soul longs and faints. Oh, for, the, for, for God. It speaks of a completeness. That flesh there speaks of completeness. It speaks of man, the entire being, the person, the man or woman there. It cries out for God. It cries out for the presence of God. I can imagine as these these Israelites, listen, there was millions of these people as they were as they were going towards the temple and they were they were singing praises to God. Listen, I can imagine it wasn't a quiet thing. They weren't singing under their breath. They were worshiping out loud. This was an unrestrained worship. You remember when David danced around naked? I don't think they were doing that, but Listen, there, there's, there's a lesson for us to learn. Listen, we, we, that Sunday school lesson that y'all doing in, in, in the, in the median adult class or whatever you don't want to call yourselves. Okay. 
There's a reason for that. What would happen in this church if we had unrestrained worship where every single day that we come and we worship together, our hands are raised. And we're crying out to God, I wonder, I wonder what God would do. But it's unrestrained emotion for God. The psalmist has as he as he thinks about being in the presence of the Lord, he thinks about the presence of God. Sings for joy. Notice what he also says in verse 3. The sparrows find a home. The swallows a nest. The welcoming. The, the presence of God is a welcoming place. It's a welcoming place. We find a home in the presence of God. Moving on to verse 4. He says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Ever singing your praise. Selah. Those who remain in the presence of God are blessed. Church is exactly what he's saying. They're happy. They're free. They're welcoming. They're ready. They have ready access to the presence of the Lord. Their praise is directed to God. And may I remind you of something this morning. If you haven't caught on yet. The Israelites had to travel a great distance for the presence of the Lord. They had to go to the temple to worship God. It was symbolic of God's presence. But can I tell you this morning, if you are a child of God, you have the presence of the Lord living inside your heart. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. Paul made that very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. He says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a, a true, uh, a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have the presence of God living within us. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to come to church. We are the church. So it should be an echo of God. We are the Holy, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have His presence. So it should be an everyday worship for us. Every day. Every day we should be longing uh, for God. It's, it's, that, it's that moment that you wake up in the morning and think to yourself, listen, I've got to be in the presence of God this morning. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul. For you, O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I appear before God? What a great joy it is to have a soul that longs for the presence of God. Happy that soul will be indeed. So the soul that longs to dwell in the house of the Lord is blessed. There's a second thing we see this morning. The soul who longs to journey 
On the path of the Lord is blessed. It's not verses 8 through 14, by the way. Here the psalmist, he highlights a pilgrimage. Remember, the people are on pilgrimage. They're on a journey to Zion, which is Jerusalem. Jerusalem, again, it was the location of the tabernacle. It's where they, had, they went to, to experience the presence of God because that's where the presence of God was. The tabernacle, again, it was symbolic. Charles Spurgeon, he writes this about their pilgrimage. He said, pilgrimages to the, to the tabernacle were a great feature of Jewish life. Families journeyed together, making bands which grew at each uh, halting place. They camped in sunny glades, sung in unison along the roads, toiled together over the hill and through the sloth. And as they went along, stored up happy memories which would never be forgotten. You know what? It's more of an indictment on us as Christians in, in, in the New Testament Christians. When we don't long for God and long for the presence and our hearts don't faint for the Lord than it was for the Israelites. Because we have the presence of God. We have no excuses We have no excuses. We don't have to make that long pilgrimage. We don't have to make that journey. Let's note several things about this journey. Look at uh, verse 5 first. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Their strength is in the Lord. Along the way, the journey would get tough. The travelers would get weary. You can imagine as they traveled... And these big groups and moms with their kids and all those other things, the journey would get tough. The journey would get arduous. They would grow weary. But they didn't endure in their own strength. Their strength was not. Their strength was in the Lord. The strength of a longing soul and the endurance of that soul that longs for the presence of the Lord, it comes directly from the presence of God. The same presence that you have and you and I have within us is the same where we get our strength. We don't have to conjure up any special power. We don't have to conjure up any special strength. Our strength comes from the power and presence of the Lord who lives within us. And what a blessing that, that, what a blessing that is. That you and I don't have to worry about our own strength. When we're down and out and we, when we're at our wits end, all we've got to do is cry out to God. And there he is. The journey. Number two there. The journey is in their their hearts. Notice it wasn't out of compulsion. It wasn't out of compulsion that they worshiped God. It wasn't out of a a, a sense of of, of that they that, that obedience or a sense of they had to do this. No, it was within their hearts. They wanted to make this journey because it was a heart thing. It was a willingness in their hearts to journey to Zion, to worship the presence of God. If our hearts are full with a longing for the Lord, our journey will be a direct result of our full longing. So it won't be out of compulsion. It won't be because we have to. You know, our obedience to the Lord, our worship of the Lord, our our, our, all that stuff, it's not because we have to, it's because we get to. It's because we get to. Look at verse 6. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rains also cover it with weeping pools. 
the valley of Baca. That's, Baca there means to weep. This was a very arid area that they would have to travel through. And in that area were, were a bunch of balsam trees. And those balsam trees in that area would drip their sap. So as they would go through there, the sap would drip off those balsam trees and it looked like there was weeping. The, the, the trees were weeping. But the valley there was very arid. It was very dry. One commentator says, The joyful pilgrims journeyed with longing souls to Jerusalem. They transformed the source of sadness and grief, a place of arid and dry land, into a place of joy with springs of blessings, just like the early autumn rains would do. Joy in the presence of God and strength weeping. That valley of Baca. And we find joy in the presence of God and strength in the presence of God. And others around us see that. You know what that does to them? It encourages them. It builds them up. It gives them courage and strength to move on. Something we need to understand. Sorrow is a part of Christian, the Christian experience. Many of us, many of you, are facing sorrow right now. It's a part of the Christian experience. We're all going to face it. We live in a fallen world. We're going to face it. Yet even in that valley, even in the valley of Baca, it shouldn't dampen our journey when we have a soul that longs for the presence of God. He goes on in verse 7. He says, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. He says that strength, strength, it's a longing soul, continues to find new levels of strength. As they go, as they move forward down this valley, God continues to strengthen them. Just when they get to the point where they can't go any further, you know what God does? He gives them a little more, and a little more, and a little more. Why? Because they have a longing spirit. Their soul longs for God. It longs for the presence of the Lord. And again, church, we have the presence of God. So when we continue, He gives us strength upon strength upon strength upon strength to make it through the valley of Baca, to make it through the sorrows that we're going to face in life. God gives us that strength. And that new strength that equals an increased faith in the Lord. Every time that we make it to a point where we feel like we can't go any further. And God gives us that extra strength. You know what that does to our faith in the Lord? It just builds it up. And it increases it as well. It's those spiritual markers we've talked about. When we come to that spiritual marker. We look back on that spiritual marker and say, God, I know you got me through that. I know you gave me the strength to do that. So I'm going to trust in you to get me through this as well. It was strength to strength. Those longing souls. Those souls that longed and fainted for God. Those souls that their hearts and, and their, their flesh sang. Those who confess the Lord as King and God, the one who endures the valley of Baca, those are the ones who appear before the Lord. That is the, the reward. That is the benefit of those who found their strength in God. Those who longed for the presence of God. Those souls that fainted. Those souls that longed to see the presence of the Lord, to be in the presence of God. Their reward was an appearance before God in Jerusalem. But may I remind you once again, 
we have the presence of God living within us. We always have an appearance before God, wherever we are. Verse 8 and 9, he says, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah, behold our shield. O God, look on the face of your anointed. There's a plea. That's a plea of the longing soul there. This would have been a natural result from the longing soul when they considered the wonder of searching and seeking to be in the presence of God. He says, O Lord, God of hosts, that speaks to the divine majesty. Almighty in power. That speaks of the transcendence of God. God is everywhere. He's everywhere. O God of Jacob. That speaks of that divine relationship that God had with the people of Israel and that God has with His people today. The New Testament believers, us. That divine relationship that speaks of God's eminence. Not only is God transcendent, but He's also imminent. He's also intimate with His people. How does it work? I don't know, but He's God. He's transcendent. He's over everything, and He's intimate with us because He's living inside us. We have that presence of God. We have the presence of God, the intimacy of God living within us. He also says, Behold our shield. That's a metaphor there for the king. The king was the shield. The king was the protector. You know, the people as a whole, they would naturally want God to be, to be favor the king, to send blessings upon his reign and prosperity because of the people would benefit from that. So they prayed for the king. They prayed for the shield. A soul that longs to dwell in the house of the Lord. Is blessed. The soul that longs to journey to the Lord is blessed. And one final thing this morning, the soul who longs to trust in the Lord is blessed. Look at verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the courts of wickedness. No matter how challenging the journey might be, Oh, what prophet longs to soul who keeps uh, to longs for the presence of the Lord. That soul who longs to trust in God. They find more profit. Notice what he says. He says, finds more profit in spending just one day in the courts of the Lord than spending a thousand days elsewhere. Absent from the courts of the Lord. This speaks directly to the soul that longs for God. Imagine with me this morning the place that you would just want to be. The place that you want to spend all your time. The place you find the most peace. The place you find the most joy. The place you find the most serenity. The place you dream of being. The place that occupies your mind with joy and satisfaction. Maybe it's for some of you. Maybe it's in the mountains of North Georgia. Maybe the sandy beaches of the Gulf for some of you. The plains of the West, maybe the paradise that is in Hawaii. I've never been there, but I've heard it's wonderful. Maybe for some of you, and you must be crazy, but maybe the frozen tundra of Alaska might suit your fancy. Maybe the psalmist was recalling a place that he found. 
to be the greatest place that he would ever want to be, the most wonderful place, the place that gave him joy and gave him the most satisfaction. But look what he says. He says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. A thousand days in North Georgia, a thousand days on the Gulf, a thousand days in Hawaii, a thousand days in Alaska. It makes no difference to the psalmist, he says, because there's no comparison to a day in the courts of the Lord. There's no comparison to the presence of God. He says, in fact, being a lowly doorkeeper, just let me be the doorkeeper in your house. Just let me open the doors for those who come in to worship. I'll do that, God. Just let me do that if I can have a day in your courts. A day in your presence. He says that'll be much better than those worldly comforts. The one who fashions his or her life in opposition to the covenant of God. May I remind you, church, that if you lost everything today... If you lost it all, if you lost all your family, if you lost all your friends, if you lost all your material blessings, and you are a child of God, you know what you would still have? The presence of God. The presence of God. And you don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. And that's what the psalmist is basically saying. Listen, if I, I, if I lost it all, if I don't have any of this stuff, if I'm just a doorkeeper in your house, God, I'd rather do that than dwell in the tents of wicked, the tents of the wickedness. Those who are contrary to, to your word. Those who, who don't have that longing soul. Well, why? Because true joy and true fulfillment and true satisfaction, true peace and love can only be found for the soul that longs to trust in the Lord. For it is the Lord that all these things and so much more can be found 11 and 12 he says for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly oh lord of hosts blessed is the one who trusts in you additional blessings come to the soul that trusts in the lord the lord offers sun the lord offers light the lord offers protection sun and shield that's light and protection god is light He offers us the light. We no longer have to walk in darkness. The soul that longs and trusts in the Lord, even in the midst of the darkness that you and I might find ourselves in in life, we can trust in God to be our son. We can trust in God to be our shield. Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 2 said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The great light was, was the Lord. Those who dwelt in the land of the deep darkness, on them has light shined. The Lord bestows there. He gives. That word bestows, it means gives. Gives favor. That means acceptance and preference. He also bestows honor. That means glory of external condition and circumstances. So God graciously bestows. God willingly bestows. He freely bestows. 
There is no compulsion and there is no grudge in God. He wants to willingly give to those who trust in Him. He wants to willingly bestow the blessings that He has, all the ultimate blessings, the wonderful blessings, the blessings beyond our our imagination. He wants to bestow those on those who walk uprightly. There's a requirement for us, church. It's not just a We've got to walk down the path, that journey with the Lord, walk down that path of the Lord. It speaks of those who have genuine faith. I don't want us to get caught up in this no good thing that the, the psalmist says. We have no real idea what that looks like, no good thing. I don't, I don't know what that means. Many of the scholars and the commentaries that I read, they don't know what that means. So let's not get caught up in it. But what we need to get caught up is in the fact of our requirement. No good thing does he withhold to those who what? Walk uprightly. So don't expect good things from God if you're not going to walk uprightly. If you're not going to follow the commands of God and be obedient to God and long for the presence of God. Don't expect good things from God. Scripture tells us right there. He's not going to withhold the good things. And listen, can I, can I, isn't anything that comes from God good? He's not going to hold those, he withhold those things from those who walk up rightly. That last verse, verse 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed, 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 happy is the one who trusts in you. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The blessed soul is a soul that trusts in the Lord. Thus, putting our trust in anything but the Lord leads only to heartache. You'll get by with it for a while. It'll be good for a season. If we trust in things, friends, family, all those things are good. But our ultimate trust, church, has got to be in the Lord. It's got to be in the Lord. So 2022 is here. Another year is upon us. So we approach 2022 uh, with two choices. We can long for the same things we've always longed for. Now listen, if your heart already longs for the presence of God, if your heart already faints for the presence of God, let me encourage you to keep it up. Keep it up. In fact, let me encourage you to make it even more of a longing. Make it even more. Make your heart even more faint for the presence of God. I pray for that for you. But what if your soul didn't long for the presence of God in 2021? Maybe your soul doesn't even know what the presence of God looks like. Maybe you don't have the presence of God. But if your heart is being convicted, your heart is being convicted by God, and that convicted heart is longing for something, and I can tell you what it's longing for. It's longing for the only thing that can fill it. The only thing that can fill that longing, and it's the presence of God. So I encourage you, that have that heart that's being convicted, that doesn't necessarily have the presence of God, 
That's the first step. You need the presence of God. You need to honor that, that conviction. You need to cry out to God, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that there's nothing that I can do, and I know that you're convicting my heart, and I know that I need to do better, and I want to do better, God, and I can only do that through a relationship with you. So you can make that decision as well. But maybe you're here this morning, and you, 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 you are a Christian. You are a, a child of God, but you've certainly not been walking with a heart that longs and faints for the Lord. You know what? It's okay. It's not the end of the world. There's a word we call repentance. God wants you to repent. And as soon as you repent and you turn from those ways, if you, you turn from a heart that doesn't long to God and you turn from that to God, God forgives you. God forgives you. You seek His face in prayer. Study and meditate on the Word of God. Be obedient to the commands of God. A soul, church, that longs for the presence of the Lord is one that desires a relationship with the Lord. So let me recap the blessings that we get by having a soul that longs for the Lord. Blessed is the soul who dwells in the house of the Lord. Blessed is the soul who journeys along the path of the Lord. And blessed is the soul who trusts in the Lord. So will you join me in 2022 and be it resolved that my soul will long for the Lord? Let's pray. Father, we... I want to thank you, Lord, that you have given us an opportunity to approach another new year. Lord, you've given us an opportunity not only to approach another new year, Lord, but to approach it in a completely different way. To approach it with a completely different longing. Father, maybe we long for things we shouldn't have longed for in 2021. That we got caught up in those worldly things, caught up in the wickedness of the world, God, whatever it might be. I pray that, that as we approach 2022, and not just wait until then, but Lord, now, be resolved through repentance, Lord, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. Regeneration for those who aren't. That we will long for you in 2022. We want a soul, God, that longs. We want a soul, Lord, that faints to be in your presence every waking hour of every day. But I'm so thankful that you've given us Scripture. I'm so thankful that you've given us that we can pray, Lord, and we can cry out to you, Father. But I pray that each and every one of us in this room, each and every one of us that are online or wherever you may be watching or listening or, or whatever, Lord, that we... Uh, resolve today that we will have hearts that long and faint for the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. 
Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus.